Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. So I had an awesome opportunity this week to sit down and talk with Tim Folan, writer, director, and creator of Contradiction Spot the Liar, a new FMV mystery video game that's out on Steam and iOS. Um, we get into what FMV means, we get into pro- producing the game, what it means to make the game, uh, the aspect of incorporating film with, with a video game. And, and Tim is an interesting guy because Tim was a composer uh, back in the day for video games and has been a DP for a long time for commercials in, in, in his native Great Britain. So there's some interesting stuff about his thing. He did Ghouls and Ghosts. It's one of his really big ones as far as he did for music composing. So we've got to stand with him. We've got to talk with him. It's a great interview. Um, he's a delightful person. And I recommend if you get the chance, check out Contradictions Spot the Liar. It's $10 on Steam. Five dollars, I believe, on iOS, on iPad, and it's well worth the time. Play it with family, play it with friends. It'll give you a good laugh. It's campy, good fun. Check it out. And I think after you hear this interview, you'll want to check it out even more. Why? I think you. I think you did the Kickstarter in 2014, but why 2015? Do you release an FMV video game? <laughs> um, well, this, uh, <laughs> the thing is, I mean, it's strange that these FMV games have just come out because. Her, her story's just come out, hasn't it? And yes. uh, there was, there's a few others. Um, and it's complete coincidence, really, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, this was an idea um, we had in the mid-90s, believe it or not. Um, it was kind of... It actually dates back to those original FMV games. But it was... We had the idea of making an audio um, adventure game at the time uh, because we wanted to do something kind of a little bit more... Um, kind of believable, a bit more like a radio play or something like that, you know? Um something that you could hear characters and you'd have a kind of really, you know, a real story developing and all the rest of it. And um, we we had a little bit of interest from the BBC with that. Um, they were kind of quite keen uh, at the time, but they didn't have any programs that could tie into the concepts. And it kind of, that they kind of, you know, hesitated. I think we sort of hung around for around a year waiting for them to do, you know, get back to us about it sort of thing. Uh, and they, I mean, you know, to come up with an idea of what we could do, basically. Uh, it didn't really happen, and I think we just gave up with it after a while. Um, and then it was really the iPad, when that appeared, that made me think um, that would be the kind of ideal format for it, you know, because this idea of an audio adventure game would have been ideal for the, you know, smartphone sort of thing. That's kind of, it's that's what it would have been on, but obviously in the 90s we didn't have smartphones you know <laughs> so there was nothing actually to you'd have to sit in front of your laptop or your well not even your laptop at that point your pc you know um and so we kind of you know it was kind of and when i sort of saw smartphones coming around i thought yeah that's that really would work with the audio adventure game but then with the ipad it was kind of right well we could not not you know take it up a notch and actually do the video instead of the um just the audio but um by that point i think i was kind of i'd you know, I'd worked on lots of different ways of interacting with the characters and I'd sort of come up with this contradiction idea um, as just one of a few different ways of doing it, really. Um, I think I had... Uh, there was an early idea I had to do with getting people in the right mood and things like that. It was, all, it was quite complicated. <laughs> there were kind of different things you could do and you'd have to catch them at the right time. And, you know, it was all quite involved sort of thing. So I kind of stripped it all down and just made it the fundamental contradiction sort Mm -hmm. of uh, element of the gameplay, you know, where you find contradictions in what they've been saying. Um, Basically, I thought, well, if I I really strip it down like this and make a demo, then I'll I'll know whether the thing works or not, you know. So that's how it started. It started out as a demo. And as I've been telling people recently, you know, 
um, the uh, script we all worked from for this until we actually started shooting it, um, and I renamed it, was called Demo Script, you know, because this wasn't <laughs> really meant to be a whole game, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's my excuse for why it sort of, uh, you know, it perhaps isn't, it doesn't develop the strands of the story as far as I, you know, originally planned sort of thing. And that's kind of really just down to a budget thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we just didn't, we had uh, £3,400 from the um, Kickstarter after they've taken their fees. I think it's, you know, £4,000, you know, on the Kickstarter site, but obviously they take so many, uh, it's quite a big chunk of that you yeah, know, in yeah. handling and that kind of So we ended up with that. I had to, we had to put in another around £2,000 just to actually produce the th- thing you know actually just paying for hotels and people to come over and do it you know mm-hmm. um and uh so it was very very low budget i mean we really just you know we could afford people for one day basically apart from rupert who and john who did all of the days thank you <laughs> thankfully <laughs> um yeah i would have had problems if rupert hadn't been able to do that <laughs> but um we but yeah still had just an immense budget problems with it you know so we kind of had to really limit it to um what we could shoot in the time that we had and the money we could afford you know um and i'm completely off topic now is <laughs> no 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 it's fine it's it's uh i will say you know uh i i think that it's shot uh, very well, considering the the fact that uh, considering your the budget you're saying that you had, I think that um, and and I, I, oh, we should tell people the game uh, it's called Contradiction, Spot the Liar, and uh, it's available yeah. Steam and it's available on iOS uh, as well, and it's a full motion video um, adventure game where. Yeah. You're an inspector who comes to this town where there's been a, a mysterious death and he's trying to solve uh, the, the the crime. And, of course, if people don't know a full motion video, it, we're talking about it's, you know, it's real actors, you know, real, real, real video shot. And the game kind of happens in between kind of the, you know, after you, you do like a dialogue scene, your, your actions in the game create certain dialogue scenarios and, and different, you know, action scenarios as well uh, th- that happen. Yeah. Um and so, I mean, the games were obviously quite full. Motion video games were were, I, I, were very big at, at a time, but it's been a very long time since one I think has been um, kind of in the public eye and the zeitgeist. And yeah. it, it seems like yeah, I actually played her story and this game this past weekend, and right, <laughs> well, it, which is which is pretty crazy. And, and yeah. you know, not really even thinking like, oh, I, mean, I want to play two FMV games. They're just two games I had heard of that I'd seemed interesting. So I checked them out and, you know, I, I played them both with my wife and there, there's something about yeah. r- seeing real people on the screen uh, and, and interacting with them and, and, and having that be yeah. your, your kind of point that I think is very d- different and interesting compared it's, to it, other stuff. Yeah. I mean, you just said it then. I mean, you play it with your wife. This is exactly how I imagine that game being played. You know, it's kind of, a, that's, I think people are having the most fun with it when you play in a kind of social, you know, you play with other people, basically. And there's something about watching people on the screen and you're playing with people that just really works. And, you know, in a way that kind of many games, you know, my kids uh, play, uh, you know, they're playing Jurassic Lego World at the moment, for instance. And it's kind of, you can watch it, but it's not the best thing to watch watch someone play you kind of you just sort of watch it and think well you know i I would enjoy playing it but it's not a great thing to watch someone else play i know a lot of people do watch it people play you know but uh there's yeah but something about fmv that i think is just because it's real actors it's very much like um if you watch a tv you know drama movie um with your family with your you know partner or whoever it would be um you both join in don't you it's kind of a kind of a social becomes a social experience you know yeah absolutely and and she i mean she can't get enough of it right like she she, she's now she's now we've played it through she's now watched like two or three let's plays of it after after playing through it and all she wants is is more of it you know so and that doesn't doesn't happen all all the time with her with with stuff like that so it's been really nice and i think that you know I, i think that one of the one of the hurdles right with an fmv game is that i think that you know the kind of history of them People think of them as, I think, as corny, right? And yeah. it's a hurdle because when you start first start watching it, you have this sense of like, even when I first started looking at it, I was like, okay, this is going to be like stupidly fun. Like that, that's that's why how I went into it, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. to a sense, like you have a very nice sense of like 
tweaked um, drama in it, right? There's over the top stuff happening, yeah. and there is funny. Yeah. There, there is like a funniness to the drama in, in contradiction, yeah. uh, which I think is great. Uh, but you guys also, yeah, there's was, also mo- entirely intentional. Sorry, sorry, you, you go ahead, Tim. Yeah, sorry, I just interrupted. No, I was saying that. Yeah, that was entirely intentional. You know, I kind of really wanted to make it kind of, you know, you can't have. You know, it's kind of over the top in the storyline and everything. But, it's, you know, I, I kind of had this idea that basically when you watch, you know, one of the inspirations for this was kind of the old Hammer movies and, you know, we have in, uh, you know, the uh, British horror sort of uh, movies. And even, you know, those going into like, Nightmare on Elm Street and that kind of horror, the kind of none of those films really take themselves seriously. You know, there's kind of a fun... You know, it's kind of it's it's that balance between it's interesting and you, hopefully there's a plot there and you kind of want to uncover more and learn more about the characters. But at the same time, you know, it's got to be fun. It's got to be entertaining, hasn't it? You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, we didn't take ourselves too seriously with it, which is obvious from it, and it's great. But what's great about it too is that there are moments that are you know are are really and the, some of the acting uh, is really good. Like it transcends like even being silly, you know. And even though maybe they're talking yeah. about silly stuff. There's just moments where yeah. everybody's kind of in there at the top of their game and it, it works really well. And I have to say, man, uh, Paul Darrow is like un- is awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the thing with Paul. You know, he's I, so I, I don't understand why he hasn't been on screen more, you know, because he <laughs> I don't know if you know Paul Darrow's background is, you know, he was Blake Seven's uh, Avon. Uh, which is a British, uh, you know, UK TV show from the, uh, I guess, 80s, early and late 70s, uh, the 80s, I guess. Um, and that's what he's known for in this country, you know. But he's not done a lot since uh, without wishing, you know what I mean, in, in the sense of the, the kind of scale of things that he, I really think he should have been doing because he's just an incredible actor, you know. Yeah, he's, he, he was just so watchable, we thought, you know. Oh, yeah, and Absolutely. Yeah. It didn't look like he was doing much in the room. That's that strange thing about quality actors like that. You know, you watch them in the room and you kind of think, yeah, that's that's fine. But nothing kind of strikes you at the time as being particularly, you know, great. You know he's putting in a good performance. But for some reason, when you're actually there and you're looking at your script and you're, you know, in my case, operating the other camera and stuff like that, you know, you don't kind of take it in. It's only when you watch back the rushes and you sort of think, wow, you know, I didn't even see that being recorded. That's bizarre. You know, I was there in the room. And for some reason, when you see it back, you play it back, you think, yeah, that's why these people, you know, should be actors, basically. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's great, too, because, you know, what essentially we do is the the only person really – is is anywhere else but the kind of seat they're sitting in when they're talking is our your yeah. our lead character right inspector inspector jenks yes. and yeah. uh um and, and but these people do a lot with just kind of sitting in one room talking which yeah. i think is great which is what you need because i mean it speaks to how good of an actor they are um i think yeah i mean that was the thing isn't it you did re- re- rely on uh, actors obviously because of the continuity um, I, I couldn't really think of many ways of getting around that. You know, I originally had a plan where they would move. And of course, when they do move, you've got to work out, you know, exactly which questions they've answered and which they haven't. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, largely you'd be re-recording the entire scene in a different location to make it work, you know, and it was just not feasible at all for this one, you know. Um, if it was structured differently, you know, and in the future, hopefully a sequel, if we get around to making that, you know. Um, that's what I'd like to do. I'd like to move characters around and limit what you can talk to them in each location, you know, and limit the time. And You know, there's loads of things we could do in the, in, in the future with it, you know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, speak to, and you said you kind of came up with the idea, did you say in the in the nine, in mid-90s, early 90s? Yeah, it was, yeah, mid-90s, yeah. Yeah, when you came up with the idea. Um, and you said it's obviously evolved from something where it was a lot of an audio play to an audio interactive yeah. experience to a video interactive experience. Yeah. What were some of the biggest challenges, you know, actually making it when you went into production for it? Um, the in terms of production, um, finding locations was was not the easiest thing to do because I had to. There was there was a lot of stuff written in there that was physical, and there were I kind of had physical puzzles, you know, where you'd have to open a door here and then lock another one, switch on a light somewhere and do all this kind of stuff, you know what I mean? And uh, I had a kind of climactic uh, scene, which I had to ditch again, um, where you had to escape from a, a cellar and this kind of thing. It was all written in, but it was just when we came to find the locations on that budget, um, it was just impossible. You know, I had to ditch so much stuff because of that, um, which is really, you know, I, I wanted uh, 
you know, I wanted a lot of stuff in there that I can do, basically. Um, and it was the finding the locations, because when you find... You know, one of, one of the problems with the script was that you had to, if, you want, if you're moving around locations, they have to be kind of publicly available locations. You know, you can't have jenks just wandering into people's houses without knocking sort of thing. <laughs> you know, so you kind of had, and, and from the original, kind of original, original script I had, um, the, the pub, the town pub was the, the main place where a lot of this stuff happened, you see. And that's why it's kind of still in the game. It's, it's very much reduced to what it was. Uh, in the original game, I had um, uh, it was an inn, so some of the people were staying in the inn. Um, Ryan, uh, one of the central characters, lived in the inn in the in this sort of large, very large upstairs room that I had planned, sort of thing. Um, and so it was all very contained, you know. And it was it was re- totally reliant on this finding a location that we could do it, do it, you know, film it in. And uh, we just didn't, couldn't find it, basically. It just didn't show up, you know, <laughs> not for the money that we could afford on, uh, for it, you know. So I had to completely rewrite that, put people in separate houses and things like that, you know. Um, so it really, that changed so much just because of the lack of being able to find a real location, you know. Uh, so I'd say that was the biggest uh, challenge, really. Yeah, that and the weather. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, And... Uh- you know, how did you shoot it? Like, what kind of cameras did you shoot it on? Like, what was that? What was that aspect of it like? It, right. Well, it was. I don't actually own any equipment myself. I'm a. I'm a DP as a uh, as a job sort of thing. I go and uh, light commercials, which usually involves throwing up a few HMIs and blasting <laughs> them through windows and things and making it look nice and sunny. That's essentially what I do for <laughs> a living. Um, it's not a lot to it, really. But um, basically, we didn't have any of that for this. We had one. Um, 650 little light on a stand. That's all we shot. The entire thing shot with that one light. Oh, wow. That's, okay. That's all we could afford. <laughs> um, and uh, the kit came from a friend of mine who um, has a Black Magic um, camera. Have you heard of the Black Magic? Yeah, absolutely. Kind of, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, he actually had two by the end of the shoot. We had, only had one at the start. Um, and that was, yeah, that, we shot everything on that with his sort of. Uh, you know, the kit that he had, which involved some old SLR primes and things that he, he'd uh, borrowed. Uh, the, the biggest problem was the sound. We didn't have any sound men, and I was unaware of the sound on the Black Magic, um, which is completely dreadful, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's covered in noise. Mm. So basically, um, we had all kinds of problems trying to, well, I had lots of problems trying to fix the sound in post because. On set, you know, you sort of listen to the headphones and you think, yeah, it's fine, you know. And we had to rush through the whole thing, you know, pretty quickly. So we didn't have time to really, I didn't have time to listen back to the sound particularly. You know, I kind of just checked it was all there and everything, you know, and each, each night, you know. Um, and then when, yeah, we, I came to the edit, uh, that was the biggest problem because we, we'd had some, I mean, the microphones we used were probably okay, really, and on a decent, uh, you know, it's been recorded properly. But we had the levels wrong. It was, there were some of the interviews we shot was, it was kind of more noise than signal, if you know what I mean. It was yeah. kind of, I had to <laughs> completely, I had to noise reduce the whole thing. Um, I needed to, when I got it, because it was originally done for the iPad, I had to compress it. I'm, making, I'm not selling this game very well. <laughs> 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 I agree, I should stop. Um, I, I had to um, compress the sound so that you could hear people speaking on the iPad. Obviously, you know, I kind of wanted to make it audible without plugging headphones, you know. Right. So it's kind of I needed to both both compress it and reduce it, noise reduce it, which is kind of, you know, if you know anything about audio mix, those are actually at the opposite end of the spectrum, really. You know, if you're yeah. compressing it, you're bringing up all the noise, you know. So, uh, yeah, I had to find a way. I think it kind of, I got away with it just about. I know some people have mentioned this, the sound issue, but it's not, I, I don't know. You tell me any different, but I, I kind of maybe I get away with it. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you, I think I think there was one or there was probably two or three times that I was like, he, so he had to do something to really fix that audio. Like there was a yeah, couple oh, of times God, yeah. <laughs> where like the people like it's too when like someone would get up and like walk over to pick something up in a room and they still be talking. There are times yeah. I could definitely hear it, but overall, I would I would not say that I could. Ninety eight percent of the time, it sounds perfectly yeah. fine, and I would say that. I'm always I I'm a filmmaker as well, and so I get right. I'm very interested in like the uh, the aspects of a production like that because you know yeah. we we are a the company I work for and I'm, I'm like one of the uh, kind of a partner in we we do a lot of very run and gun you know shoots like yes. that doing a yeah. lot of one light setups and, and, yeah. and stuff like that we shoot on you know SLR cameras you know Canon 5D stuff like that and um, 
you know, there's a lot of we have to always do exterior sound capture for the exact reason you're talking about, which is that yeah. sound on those cameras, they're not really made to be great sound cameras. They're made to be the best visuals possible for the cheapest amount exactly. of money. That's kind of what they're and they do do a great look. Blackmagic cameras look great. Um, yeah. But they're me- you're meant to have like an exterior audio solution for them. Exactly. Yeah. That was the thing. I mean, we, I'd only ever shot commercials before. And we, whenever we need sound, which is not that often on commercials, actually. But when we need sound, it's always a, guy, a sound guy there, you know, with his own kit. And it yeah. uh, syncs in post and all the rest of it. And, you know, you, uh, I think it does it automatically now, doesn't it? Final Cut. You can yes, just, um, <laughs> yeah, straight away, you know, it's sync. Mm-hmm. No problem. Um, and I so regret not not just you know paying using some of that budget for a sound guy to mm-hmm. be on set i really do you know because that was such a disaster i was honestly i was on the verge of just thinking god this is it it's not going to work i'm gonna have to reshoot you know <laughs> um it was so close honestly yeah. but yeah it's i mean i know you're saying about the the run and gun thing you, that's you kind of get into a pattern of doing it don't you and you kind of know what you can achieve um and what you can't you know um absolutely i, I kind of wish in way, that's one of the things I kind of wish in retrospect that I'd, I had shot SLR actually DSLR because um, I think the Black Magic one of the problems I ran into was shooting in a, a compressed format. Mm. Um, you know, we shot uh, ProRes, but uh, the problem is when you come to grade it, um, it takes so much grading. The Black Magic certainly the first one did the two point five K one. Um, just to make it kind of look decent, you know, you do really have to grade it. All the information's in there, but yeah. When you grade it, you know, I discovered kind of banding issues and that kind of thing when I came to grade it because, you know, you're grading, you're pulling up kind of information that's not, you know, it's only stored as 8-bit or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I had I had problems with that. I think in if I was, going, you know, doing it again, I think I would probably shoot something that didn't need that amount of grading, basically. It took me months just to grade the thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, those cameras are designed, right, for to be as flat as possible so that you can yeah. you can do as much as you you can kind of after the fact. And uh, That's it, yeah. if you're not a color grader, then it's kind of, it's a, it's a tall, tall task to get it all. But it all looks good. I yeah. mean, I'd say that, I'd say that, like, playing it, you know, obviously being someone who shoots stuff, I, I'm usually pretty critical watching stuff and yeah um the, I, I it's interesting you said that you, you do you do lighting and dps work for commercials because i think the lighting for having one light even with ha- even having multiple lights looks really good you have a lot of dramatic good lighting going on and and i think that the production value sells a lot of of what is there because i think if it was yeah. if it was shot poorly then it would be tough to tough to take it seriously at all you know which yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, know, I know what you're saying and it's kind of uh, yeah, I mean, in, in a way, we could have gone further with that. I mean, one of the things you'll know about this with DSLR shooting, um, uh, if you don't have a good monitor on set, it's very difficult to keep focus when there's someone moving in and out of focus. Oh, yeah, you know, yes. Especially <laughs> that really shallow depth, you know. Yeah. Um, even the Black Magic, and that was partly why, you know, with the Black Magic, I thought, well, it's not quite as deep as a, a 5D or something, you know, so we'll get away with it. And even then, because we were, I was just focusing purely from the back of the screen, you know, the back of the camera screen sort of thing, uh, you know, there are times where I've had to ditch. I mean, I mean there are some in the game, but there are, you know, not, hopefully not too many. Uh, but I certainly had to ditch quite a lot of footage that was just plain out of focus because mm. you just can't tell on that little back screen, you know, uh, whether it's in or not. And that's another budget restraint. You know, on a, as again on commercials, you have at least two or three monitors on set. You know, so you've got kind of a um, a full, you know, seventeen something decent you know so you can actually focus by it uh you know and focus puller and someone to look after that sort of thing and of course when you're doing it all yourself including the sound it becomes it does become quite hard to keep it consistent doesn't it but uh yeah. like i say hopefully we pulled it off to a, to 100 percent, you know and, and I, like i said before like i said i i um uh, the website giantbomb.com was doing like a quick look of it. They do like these, you know, little previews of games yeah. and uh, I'm a huge fan of theirs and I started watching it and they started the same way that I kind of said I was thinking about it. Like they started up really joking about it and then you could tell kind of halfway through it, they started really yeah. getting in to what it was to the point where like they just couldn't yeah. stop playing it, which I thought was really interesting. It's a really interesting kind of like just seeing it's- happening the experience that people are going to have while they're actually playing it, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. It was. I mean, that's that's the great thing about. Um, I think one thing, um, you know, we all watched that giant bomb. I bet. Yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it was. 
you know, it was great. I think a lot of people on the forum afterwards, I did sort of chime in on the mm. forum afterwards, um, but I think people, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, I'm glad you're not sort of here saying you don't understand my art sort of thing, <laughs> you know. Um, I was kind of, you know, I was thinking, no, they got it. You know, I think one of the, one of the problems is it, it's had this game is that people don't quite get that it is meant to be just really fun, you know. It's mm-hmm. kind of, you're, you're meant to, yeah, you know, when you when I was writing the thing, obviously you you, you kind of, plotting and you're just writing things that you think might be kind of interesting you know or but it's difficult to sort of judge the tone when you're writing you know it's kind of well I found it difficult anyway mm. you know it's it's um I, I didn't qu- quite know whether you know if I, I was going to write this whole thing with all these apparently serious topics and you know <laughs> drug mm. use and things like this <laughs> you know you could it could err on the side of kind of po-faced you know seriousness and hopefully I, you know I was very hopeful that that wouldn't happen um and that's why i think as i went on you know as i went on in the script and as we got further into the game i did start tweaking that script a little bit you know so i I wanted i realized when john did his piece as ryan there was you know i could have put more humor in in there you know i did write quite a lot of it in but Mm -hmm. i certainly started adding more towards the end of the shoot because it just seemed to you know (laughs) obvious that that's what that's what worked, you know, and that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to, you know, if if I was laughing when I was editing it, I thought, well, that, yeah, there you go, it's entertaining. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I think if there's any, and I don't want to give away too many story things because we obviously that's what the game's all about is playing through, through the story and, and discovering it. But I think that yeah. no one can take the tone wrongly by the time you see those devil horns uh, yeah. on the tree, you know, like, okay, this is like, this is... Oh, uh, this, you know this is this is uh, this is the case in point, right? The devil horns, just to go over that one. Yeah. That was originally written in as some sort of symbol that um, the student, that you know, that is in question, the student in question mm-hmm. that's carving this into the tree. The way that happened was... Um, he was meant to show some sort of hand symbol symbol that didn't mean anything, right? And so it was meant to be to do with this particular thing called the three, you know, three freedoms. I'm, I'm a bit of a spoiler there, but it's yeah, called yes. you know, three freedoms. <laughs> and so it was meant to be three fingers, right? So I originally had, you know, how do I kind of give three finger sign that looks kind of like some sort of secret cult sign or something? And so I had this thing where it was like a thumb and the, you know, first two fingers sort of thing, index finger and, you know, four fingers. But it's... Uh, <laughs> I kind of thought, I, this is what happens with my mind, you see. I immediately thought, well, I can just do the rocks. <laughs> it's the same thing. You stick your thumb out, it's three fingers, and it's just, there's just more comedy to that. Oh, one. absolutely, yeah. And this, this is the problem, you see. I mean, I should have probably stuck with the, you know. But then again, no one would have been as, as amused, would they? So No. Go. I mean, the amount of times that... The, the, well, it was the great, this great feeling, right, when you get to the, the, the Paul Darrow character, um, yeah. who is like this kind of... Uh, character mentioned a lot through the game. You don't really get to see him until about halfway through, uh, maybe yeah. a little bit more. Um, and he's this incredibly serious character. And when you get to like throw the devil horns up at him uh, um, <laughs> as, as as Jenks, it's like this wonderful moment. Um, and just to see all the different ways that uh, Rupert, the guy, the guy who plays Jenks, does the devil horn That's thing nice. <laughs> yeah. to people, I think is great. Yeah. And I'll say that like, I think that... Um, his performance, much like, like I said, the way you just kind of get into the game at first, like, oh, this guy is really kind of over the top. And and does he yeah. do they realize like what they're doing? And then once you get to the end of the once you get through, start getting to the game, like he becomes like such an integral part, I think, of the success of the game, because he's such a yeah. likable guy throughout the entire thing. And he's it's, it's, it does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's just quirky. Just enough. Split opinion. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. What were you saying? He, I mean, the, yeah, no, sorry. I was, I was interrupting you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a delay, haven't we? Um, it's, no, I was just saying he he splits opinion, Rupert does. I mean, some people see him and just immediately take a dislike to him. And I have to say, it's mainly English people that take a dislike to him. <laughs> and I think what it is, is um, he's they just don't like that over-the-top thing. They associate it with just bad, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, you know, and there's an argument for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, the thing is with Rupert, technically, and one thing you don't see in the view, won't see um, looking at it, is technically he was absolutely perfect. You see, so from from my point of view, I could give him a script. He understood exactly what it was, having never seen it before. You know, we didn't rehearse any of this. You know, we just basically sat there with a the script. He scanned it and said, right, let's do it. It was that quick, you know, Um I mean, obviously, I did send him the scripts prior, but he, he kind of said, yeah, he just glanced through them and he, he just kind of knew that he wouldn't be able to remember any of it. So he just thought, well, we'll just do it on the day, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he did, but he got he got it, you know. And it was one of those things that you know I would say, you know, I was I was really surprised and very grateful for the amount of work that he had to do, you know, that he got it that quick because he made it so much quicker to film, you know. And, we, and there were scenes that we just couldn't have done if he, if it, you know, had to explain anything to him. Um, so you know, this, that's that's the thing from my point of view. He was absolutely professional, you know, and. John, um, you see, John was on board for all of this. He he was the casting director, really, for this because he found all the actors, um, bar a couple, um, I found. And he um, said to Rupert, look, this is kind of could be the most boring thing in the world. So really, we've got to hype this up. You know what I mean? You've got to do <laughs> something that's just interesting in of itself. You know, your performance has got to be interesting because that will make the game, you know. And, and I think he's right, you know, and it does work. But it, unfortunately, it has this potential downside that some people just really don't like that you know but i like you say i mean i think a lot of people once once they get into it they get over it and start to start to like him yeah I, absolutely and I, i'll say that too as a you mentioned john I, i'm not i don't how do you say his last name because i don't want to say it wrong guyler guyler uh plays ryan rand he's one of the one of the like you said one of the main uh, actors in, in the piece and uh yeah he's just the perfect kind of counterpoint to rupert because he's so swarmy and smug and it's just a great their conversations are just great together because they're both kind of over the top and and they're both of their completely different ways and it's just it's just like a wonderful dynamic between the two of them yeah i think so and it's i mean obviously they were friends you know before um that that was one of the you know, it was, it was interesting watching them because they were just rolling around for a lot of that, you know, laughing sort of thing because they were kind of, um, you know, uh, they were just been friends for a long time, did you know, made films before together sort of thing. So they, that helps a lot with actors, you know, when they know each other and they feel comfortable with each other. Um, so, yeah, that's what... I mean, just as a side point, actually, talking about the production again, um, that scene with uh, between Ryan and Rupert, uh, Rupert's scene, Rupert's angle you know um shots were shot the second day the the day after ryan's oh interesting. Um, the re- <laughs> yeah the reason for that was uh we hired this house um to shoot in and they charged us an absolute fortune for it to be honest mm. it was i mean three thousand four hundred budget it was getting on for what was it it was uh, around 500 600 pounds or something just for that hire of that house for an evening sort of thing mm, wow uh, which which was a lot of money for us, you know, for that budget. Mm-hmm. I mean, they obviously thought we were some sort of, you know, loaded film company or something. <laughs> right. Know? But, uh, yeah, uh, which we weren't. Uh, and what happened was we just ran out of time that first day um, and we, we knew we had to get all the exterior, all the shots inside the building walking around and all those extras, bits and pieces. And we just ran out of time. It hit, we hit midnight and the caretaker showed up and we had to leave, basically. Um, and so we paid them another fifty pounds to get back in the next day mm-hmm. for one hour. So we had to basically <laughs> run into the room, uh, set up, light it, um, shoot um, Rupert's, and you know, end of that conversation sort of thing it, within an hour, and we got it all done. You know, so it's kind of the entire scene is just was done so quickly. You know, it's one of those things you don't. It's difficult to understand, I suppose, if you've not been a filmmaker, isn't it? Yeah. You know, people seem to can't quite believe that you can, you know, these things are done that quickly. But yeah, I mean, that's yeah. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that, no, but I, that, that's interesting to me because I was wondering about that a couple of times. <clears throat> but mm. yeah, they're just they're great together, and you know what I like about it too is that even though these are actors and they have their own personalities, that again, that moment where um, Jenks sits down across from. Uh, uh, Paul, uh, you know, and yeah. uh, you have this feeling like, um, I don't want to ask him about the bike. Like, why would he know about the bike? I'm going <laughs> to, I feel like this guy's going to chew me down for asking about the <laughs> yeah. bike. And it, and it's one of those things where it, it's just a great <laughs> feeling. Like yeah. you, you definitely, you know, you definitely get a sense of all of these characters really, really well. And you identify with the person that you're kind of directing through the story, even though he's his own actor yeah. and his own person, which I thought was, was really nice and unexpected for me playing the game. Cause I just expected, you know, Oh, what are we going to make Jenks do next? You know, but then I had this, I definitely had that kind of, you know, identification yeah. thing that I get with a lot of, you know, uh, you know, other video games in this one. So, yeah, yeah, cool. Well, that's it's, it's worked. It was complete accident. I mean, I you know, I'm, I'm so pleased that it turned out that way because it was it was honestly it was you know I had no idea whatsoever whether this would even work as a game. You know, it wasn't uh, 
the script wasn't, you know, no one looked at that script before we started shooting, for instance. You know, I didn't actually <laughs> give it out to anyone. We didn't have time, you know, it was so quick. I think it was John just saying, well, well let's do it. You know, have you got the script? Well, let's just go for it. Let's do it now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rupert had to be in Australia the week after we shot, so we had to squeeze it in pretty quick, you know. So I remember a mad panic making all the props and stuff very quickly um, uh, the week before um, and chasing around for a salvia divinorum plant, which is... <laughs> <laughs> just could not find anywhere <laughs> oddly enough <laughs> um, uh, yeah yeah my, 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 my sorry sorry no go ahead finish sorry yeah. no it's, I'm, I'm glad it works for you you know it's absolutely great it's it's, it's turned out that way but uh, sorry yeah go no on. so my uh <clears throat> my, my wife wanted to make sure that i asked you um about mm. a the like the come up with the idea of the atlas corporation this kind of business training thing and you know, the other stuff in the in the game, which is a lot of occult kind of references like that. Where did you kind of get ideas for both of those to put into the script? Um, the uh, the cult aspect was, was well, what happened, you see, is I had a couple of stories on the go um, originally. I kind of, you know, when I first thought I had this idea, I'd say it's going back probably three years now. Uh, when I first had the idea of doing this, I kind of looked at some old scripts I'd been working on and I had a few different ideas. One of them was um, the more like a. It was I think the original cult idea was more kind of a Wicker Man sort of thing, where the entire village were mm. all into the uh, into it. You know, th- so there was this sort of undercurrent of uh, a belief system that you didn't you kind of gradually uncovered. You know, and I, I, it's a pity I kind of lost that one. And what happened was I just couldn't make it work. You know, and, um, and then I had I thought, well, you know, I'll start a different idea. And I'd just been watching a documentary about Ayn Rand, who is the uh, Russian, uh, um, I don't know what the word is, philosopher possibly, yes. <laughs> um, who kind of, I don't know if you've heard of Ryan Rand. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she's, uh, you know, it was, it was basically an interesting philosophy she had that was basically we should be selfish and we should, you know, everyone, society works better if we're all completely self-interested and don't show any altruism or yes. you know, care for anybody Exceptionalism. else. Exceptionalism. Exceptionalism, yeah. yes. Yeah, and I, I mean, I took exception, <laughs> but um, you know, I can see the point. But I mean, I, to be honest, what I did is I just used that as a kernel of a, an idea, and I kind of thought, well, you know, just take that a bit further and have a, a business leader that's actually doing this. And you know, um, the, again, one of the things that isn't really expanded and was from another story was the idea of people being conditioned into being slaves sort of mm-hmm. thing. And it kind of, um, you know, the idea that you could basically condition someone to believe, you know, believe a set of, you know, into a belief system basically whereby they were so self-centered and occupied and so, you know, eager to progress their own uh, self, as it were, that they would do anything asked of them, um, you know, uh, their own success sort of thing. Um, and then the idea that, that that would actually lead to them being exploited, you know, the exact opposite to what they were trying to achieve sort of thing. So um, that was that was the, the kernel of the idea. Um, and then the cult elements, yeah, I kind of brought that in as I was writing it really because it seemed I needed more in there, you know. <laughs> um, right. Uh, so it was kind of a fusion of different ideas um, originally. Um, yeah, I think I think the, the core idea was... was um, more to do with the cult, you know, the the idea of the, this philosophy was underpinning the entire community sort of thing, you know. Um, but that's, I mean, these are things for the sequel, I think. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And it's funny you say the Wicker Man thing, because I definitely got that vibe at, at points yeah. from the story. I was like, this, is, this has like a Wicker Man thing kind of going on with, with this stuff. So I thought yeah. that was cool, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you got that. I don't know how you've got that, but yeah, I'm glad you got it. <laughs> well, I just the idea of like this detective coming to this place and there's like kind of weird underpinnings of cult stuff and things look very kind of rosy on the, on the surface, but there's obviously something kind of percolating uh, underneath. Yeah. I definitely got that sense from it. Um, <clears throat> we talked a lot about yeah. the production and, and we're going to wrap up in a minute. I just wanted to ask, like, the, you, you, did, you shot all this video, you did all this stuff. What's the actual process of turning that into then into a game? Well, I mean, that's the hardest part. Right. Me. I mean, actually, yeah, I mean, putting the video together, I mean, obviously I had to edit all the interviews together. Um, I, I kind of, have, having done some technical tests, I kind of realized um, early on that the way to do it was to have one long video with key points and uh, key, uh, keyframes in it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so technically I kind of split it up into seconds. So all the keyframes fall on a second. And then I have a big list of all the clips, basically. So editing it, you know, it made ed- editing it a lot easier because it meant I could just create one long video um, with all the shots in there, you know, um, separate pieces. Um, but it took, yeah, I mean, it took quite a long time to edit and put it put together, but it was, I'd say probably I'd done that within a few months of shooting, probably probably by, um, you know, yeah, I mean, maybe two or three months, you know, it took to actually edit the whole thing together and make it work. Um, the hardest part for me was programming because I'm, I'm not a programmer. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, that's not my background. Um, I did, the only time, you know, when I very, very first started out, because I'm, I'm a games musician originally, and that was what I started out doing. And I programmed, um, you know, at sort of the ZX Spectrum, which is, we call it the ZX Spectrum, is a, a computer that you wouldn't, you didn't get in the US. It was um, a homegrown little computer, you know, but it actually taught a lot of us how to program, you know. And we, I used to tinker with that and, you know, wrote a few things. But that was the last thing I did, and that was probably when I was still at school, you know. So it's not to put an age on me, but it was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> Good God, it was a while ago. But um, it was, <laughs> yeah, um, what happened with this, I, I kind of thought, well, if I'm going to make this game, what is the best thing to, you know, how do I go about it? What, what's the easiest way of doing it? And I looked into a few different methods. I looked, I I looked into lots of different methods. Actually, I kept switching as well. Um, I kind of thought of a flash game, um, and it was, I think, uh, actually, you know, it was probably through Flash. Trying Flash, I realised that I don't know if you know anything about Flash. It uses this thing called Action Script um, to actually program it. And I kind of was looking at this action script and thinking, hang on a minute, this is exactly the same as um, the JavaScript thing I was looking into as well. And so I kind of went back to JavaScript and looked into the possibilities of turning an HTML game into, you know, an iOS game and mm. a desktop game and realized that there were, uh, it was possible, you know, to do that. So it, the whole game is actually, a, um, on the desktop, is a, is a web game. It's a HTML game. Um, game essentially it's a javascript and html game running in something called no webkit which is um a standalone browser that's you know a standalone program but it's actually you know basically a browser um, without the controls on that so that's what you're looking at when you when you play the game it's all css and you know html um because that was yeah it just looked like the easiest thing it did work i mean if it hadn't worked i wouldn't have bothered you know i would Mm -hmm. have tried something else but it did actually because of the the video standard now in html it meant the whole thing was possible you know um, you could control the video well enough. When it came to the iPad, I realised that the solutions weren't really there. There's such a thing. There's some, something called PhoneGap, which allows HTML documents to be, you know, um, games to be to run on iOS. But it just felt really slow and not very native feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just discovered this piece of software called um, Accelerator. Um, sorry, Titanium by Accelerator, um, which is basically runs javascript um but you have access to all the native features of your ipad you know like the controls and the scroll boxes and all that kind of stuff so you you can set the whole thing up but it's basically javascript running the whole code um and the advantage of that obviously was i was able to basically use more or less port all of that javascript from the um ipad one back into the you know html game for the desktop version so you know it meant basically i had kind of um potentially four platforms, five platforms covered, you know, from the same code base, um, which was obviously very important to me because I wasn't about to learn. (laughs) (laughs) Wasted 18 months learning JavaScript, you know, I thought, well, uh, you know, I'm not going to do any more of this. (laughs) And I'm really not a programmer, I have to say. I mean, it's one of those things that's dawned on me over the last, you know, since I've been writing this game. Some people are cut out to be programmers, and I'm just not. (laughs) <laughs> I can kind of, I can get by and I can do it and I kind of understand a certain amount of logic. But you know, if you if a programmer saw the code, they'd, they'd just laugh. To be honest, <laughs> they'd just they'd, they'd be amazed it worked, basically. Yeah, and I'm amazed it worked half the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's fascinating to me, right? Because like I, I I told you in the email we were talking, like I, I it was actually looking watching your game where I was like, you know what, like yeah. this is something that I would want to do. Like I've always been interested in. 
I, I mean, I love video games. I've always been interested in, in them as, as a storytelling medium, but I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a programmer either. Right. I don't have th- those chops. What, what I can do is I can shoot and I can, I'm, I think a pretty good filmmaker. So, uh, it, yeah. it instantly it piqued my interest and, and, um, the, but the, the thing for me is like, I have no programming experience at all. So like, I didn't even, I don't even know how to like begin the process. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, know, I know what you're saying, but it, it did. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I had a little bit of programming experience, mm-hmm. but I mean, really it's nothing. What, what I was used to program was nothing like JavaScript. You know, no, gotcha. um, I, I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, I, I really had to say, I found a website. Um, I could tell you what it is. I'm not sure I mean, advertising it and <laughs> it gets a bit of flack, this particular website, apparently from real programmers, but uh, I found <laughs> it pretty useful. Um, w, W3 schools, it's called. Um, oh, okay. And I literally, I just sat there and looked at it and it was the only website that actually suddenly something clicked and I thought, oh, right. You know, I kind of get that now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has a little this facility whereby you can, uh, you know, change the code on the left and see it appear on the right, see the result on the right. You know, that, just seeing that was suddenly, you know, that kind of light bulb moment. I kind of thought, oh right, I do actually, I get what's going on now. You know, because <laughs> I know what you mean it's kind of like really exponential sort of thing, isn't it? Where initially you just think this is just a really big ball that I can't even begin to get moving sort of thing. And the, and the second it starts to roll, you kind of think, oh, right, you know, I can push it now and get it, you know, yeah, get it working. Absolutely. Um, so I would, I would, if, if you're interested in that, definitely do, uh, do that. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I, I'd say it's, it's doable. It's definitely doable. And you'd be surprised how probably quick you get into it. You know, um, it's, you know, uh, as, as I, if you're anything like me, you know, I can't vouch for how you know <laughs> how brilliant the end result would be, but you know, <laughs> in, in terms of coding, sorry, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, for me, also, like, it, it, I have the thing where I'm not a programmer, I don't know to start, but I'm also one of those people who like new challenges and learning new things really excites me. So the idea yeah. of being able to do it w- w- is also. It's almost exciting enough for me just to try it, even if it's a horrible disaster when I try to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's totally worth it. Yeah, I think that that's totally exactly how I think about things. You know, it's all about, you know, I didn't, when I started programming, um, I didn't kind of think I would be able to pull it off, frankly. And I just kind of thought I'd try and experiment with it and see what happened. Um, but it's just something, you know, it's, if you've got the time, you, you know, it's kind of fun to do it. You know, it's fun to just have a go, isn't it? Yeah. Um, also, I should say, I read, I, I don't know, well, what this makes me, but I, I kind of do read um, New Scientist magazine, which is an English magazine. Okay. I think it's called. What's the? There's an there's a US equivalent, isn't there? Yeah, Scientific American, is it? Uh, um, sure, actually. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I read something recently about um, the myelin in the brain. Right. I don't know if you heard this. It's basically myelin is the connective tissue in the brain. Right. Okay. <laughs> Let's go off on one now. <laughs> this is me going off at tell you. Um, and apparently. Uh, the only thing that it declines in old age, basically, and that's kind of you know one of the main reasons for you know decline, mental decline, sort mm-hmm. of thing. And apparently, the thing that produces more of it, and you can do this at any age, is learning something new. Basically, not interestingly, not doing things like crosswords and things that apparently keep your brain active. You've you've kind of got to learn something. You've got to do the function of acquiring a new skill learning something and really getting it in and apparently this is keeps your brain healthy and so you you know you can go on forever basically that's all right i like that (laughs) so there you go i'm just giving you another gentle incentive there you go as ryan would say there you go i I think that that's a a perfect place to to stop tim (laughs) Uh, um contradiction spot the liar is available on steam um and ios right now i know it's it's 10 bucks on steam what's the price on ios do you know? It's it's much lower on iOS, and it's it's not that it's you know I kind of wanted to make it lower. It's just that no one buys apps that are above a certain Yeah, price. yeah. <laughs> um, it is. Can I? Can, can you bear with me one second? I'll find sure. out that you know what. I have no idea. I can also look it up uh, on mine because you might you might yeah. be getting pounds right on yours. So uh, uh, that's the problem. Yeah, I, I'm just going to go into into the iTunes Connect to find out. But, yeah. Um, um, right now, contradiction. Oh, I've got no internet. That's right. No, I, I'm good. I'm going to get yeah. there for you. I'm going to get there for you. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see here. Oh boy. All right. I, I'm lying. Um, <laughs> uh, is, okay. Spot the liar. Let's see. Here we go. Um, anyway, this is very interesting radio. I'll have to edit this. <laughs> um, cause I, <laughs> I play, you know, I, I did play it on steam though and it was great. And, um, it's, it's got the, the reviews on steam are great. It's got, um, like, 
highly positive reviews. I think it's like a yeah. nine out of ten user rating. Um, yeah, it's amazing. I think. Yeah, which I, I think is awesome, and it's you know, and I think that it, it's it, you know, it, it's it was odd to see these two FMV games that I played this weekend at one time, but then once I had played them, yeah. there wasn't much else out there that, that to play. That's true, yeah. I think there's still a gap for, for more. I mean, certainly from the response we've had from it, you know, he's definitely make a sequel, you know, make another one. Um, yeah. And obviously I'd love to do that. What I don't want to do this time around is program it again because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what took all the time. But, you know, with this, in a way, the other thing from a, a developer's point of view is these games... Apart from the writing and getting the thing working, you know, you can shoot them pretty quickly, and a good programmer would be able to program this pretty quickly. Um, you can have a finished game probably in six months or something, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which is a massive uh, advantage, really, you know, for a, from a developer's point of view. Yes, absolutely. It's four ninety nine on, on the on the App Store. Right <laughs> there, you go. Right, it's okay, definitely worth your your five bucks or ten bucks, either one. Um, yeah. It's definitely something to, to, to check out and, and just have a good, great time with. I definitely recommend playing it with someone else if you can, because it's just a, a great experience to have with other people. You'll, you know, you'll you'll try to solve the mysteries. You'll you'll laugh. You'll you know all that kind of stuff it, together, and it, it's just it's a, it's a great time. Um, and I will say, it's a great feeling when you're sitting there and you've gone through all these dialogue options, and then someone says something that you remember is against something they said before, and you're like, "Oh, I got yeah. you, you son of a." <laughs> You, you're a liar. Um, it's great that you get that. You know that that was the very original idea of this. You know, what I mean? it was that feeling of working it out and thinking, "Oh God, yeah." You know, I remember that's what they said. That was why it was kind of had to be FMV for me. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. It's got a few reviews where they've really criticised and said this doesn't contradict. You know, look, here's an example of a contradiction doesn't mm. make any sense. But if you'd actually, if you actually look, listen to the interview, it does make sense sometimes. You know, yeah. Uh, it's it's when you, if you just look at the text, you probably won't get it. You know, and you'll probably see contra- apparent contradictions that aren't there. You know, uh, I'm not defending the entire <laughs> you know <laughs> structure of the game. There are errors. You know, there are things which could be better. Let's put it that way. You know, in terms of what could and couldn't be contradictions. But you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It, to me, it was all all in the dialogue. It's all in listening to the responses, not in reading the text. You know? Yeah, there was one I'll, I'll say that I was like, th- what? "This doesn't make any sense." And then I realized yeah. that I just hadn't been, you know, I had forgotten or hadn't been paying close enough attention when, like, a, a CD was playing. Let's say that there was something that said on the CD, and I was like, I was having trouble finding the contradiction. And then I realized I just yeah. had been paying closer attention to what was going on. So yeah, there's definitely. I mean, you know, uh, obviously, but you, like you said, like you, it's you're you're kind of your first stab at this kind of thing, you're programming, there's going to be stuff that comes up that, you know, isn't perfect, that there are mistakes. But for me, like it's the overall experience that, that, that I judge and overall experience was just a great experience. So uh, I I recommend everyone going to pick up uh, contradiction, uh, spot the liar. Uh, Tim Follin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been brilliant. Thank Uh, you. Of course. (laughs) 